Welcome to the Power Couples Rock podcast, where our mission is to build a collective community of marriages, where we encourage, inspire, and support one another in order to have masterful marriages. We're Carlos, Catherine, Chris, and Sonia. Please check us out, powercouplesrock.com. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. We believe that one of the most amazing legacies we can leave in life is a great marriage. So we hope you'll listen, learn, and love the conversation. Let's power up. Good day, Power Couples. This is Carlos and Catherine Green of Power Couples Rock. Hey, what's up, Power Couples? We are here at the UCB Weekend Experience here in Columbia, Maryland, and we want to introduce you to another couple who is doing some dynamic things on behalf of not only marriage, but also marriage and family. And we're honored to be in the studio today with doctors, I say it with an S, Mm -hmm. doctors. George and Candace James. Yes, say what's up to the people. What's up, what's up people? What's up? Oh, yes. <laughs> These are our people. I right? think I want them every time we get announced. Like <laughs> this is our announcement. Yes, exactly. I like it. I like it, dude. From the first time we met you all three years ago, yeah, the very first UCB experience, there was for us there was just this natural connection. That we had to you all. I think we were just drawn to you all. Same here. I don't know because y'all were beautiful people or what, but it's like, <laughs> hey, we got to get to know this couple. Absolutely. I just think just, they just had this very essence about who they were and what they were doing. And it just, I'm with Carlos, just drawn into a connection. And we've had great conversations. Yes. Uh, during Eusebia, after Eusebia. Mm-hmm. And we're just, we're like followers of you guys of the great work that you're doing. <laughs> and we definitely wanted to share that with our couples who are listening. We did. And I tell you, one of the things that you guys inspired us in mm-hmm. is that just the level of accountability mm-hmm. that we've had with each other I know we live in different states, different cities, but I feel like that we're so connected as part of the community that we can kind of hold each other accountable. Because we will show up at your front door. (laughs) You will show up. (laughs) We will. You will show up. (laughs) You will. You definitely got to have some married couples in your corner. That's right. You guys keep taking us to the next level. So we really appreciate that. I mean, you both have been amazing. I remember when we first met you both, how uh, we had a book exchange. We're like, no, we got to get what they have. We got what that planner. We need that. Yes, yes, yes. yes, that is so true. But you guys are continuing to just pull out even or put out more products and services that you're actually offering to the community. So I can't wait till we launch into that. But the first thing that we want to know about you all is how did you meet? And how long you guys been married? So it was this one rainy day. It was on the campus. Okay, it was a sunny day. So the truth, my truth, okay, my truth is that we both were at Villanova, and uh, from the first time I stepped on campus, Candace saw me, and she secretly started to plot. This man is going to be my husband. She tried to play hard to get at first. Uh Like she didn't notice me. 
because she was a senior and I was a freshman. Oh. She tried Ooh. to act like she didn't know who I was, mm. but slowly and There's slowly. There's no truth in the story. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a stalker. I was trying. I was trying to let you get through it before I acknowledge that there's no truth in the story. <laughs> but I figure it's just best to. All right, fine. Cut it what, what's your version then? <laughs> we were at Villanova. That's the only. See? Truth that's part. That's that is the <laughs> only. Villanova. That was the truth. <laughs> that was the truth. We were at Villanova, and um, we just became friends. I mean, our story is kind of like the most unlikely story. We were just friends. We hung out. We were in the same um, circle of, of people. We were in the gospel choir together. Um, we just kind of hung out and become became connected. She joined every group I joined. Oh, you yeah. see what I'm saying? They're following you. No, not at all. <laughs> Completely unrelated. But, um, you know, we were just kind of sharing the same spaces and got to know each other. I graduated and had some activities that kind of kept me connected to campus. So I would still kind of go up to campus. We participated in a few of those activities. I really just built our friendship. And like over time, we truly became best friends, <laughs> truly, and then transitioned into a relationship. And uh, we've been married for 12 years. Oh, she, she, she skipped out a part. She skipped out a part. So What's we it? both graduated. Right. And then we end up going to the same university for our master's degree. Really? So here's where the stalking part comes in. Whoa. So On whose part? Her part. Okay. okay. So <laughs> we both ended up going to Drexel for our master's, two different master's programs. I would come out of my building to get on the bus to get to campus, right? Local bus in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And like probably about at least once a week, I would get on the bus and guess who would be on my bus? <laughs> guess Candace, who would be Candace. waiting for me on the bus? <laughs> no, 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 no. I wasn't waiting for you. First of all, who enrolled in the master's program first? Me. <laughs> who came to the master's right, program okay. after me? Minor me. details. And it was Minor just de- a coincidence. <laughs> That our bus route was the same, so I would get on and have to like see you and wow. then Details. go to school. <laughs> it's kind of like a car you want, and then you say, I don't hardly ever see that car. And then all of a sudden, when you start liking it, you start <laughs> seeing it everywhere. all the time. <laughs> but all what, the time, the heart of our story actually is that I was uh, dating someone else uh, for a period of years that was in our friend group. That relationship ended, and probably at that time, we both thought. I was going to get back with that person. And uh, through our friendship uh, continued to grow, we continue, continue to get connected. And one of the things for me is I'm a type of person I would give to other people. That's just who I am. I've always been that type of person. But rarely did I have people that would give to me, that would look out for me. And I was in my master's program, catching the bus and train everywhere, coming home really late. I was going to rehearsal at my church for our drama ministry coming home at probably like one o'clock and then having to get up again early the next day. And one day I came out of rehearsal and Candace was there with her car to pick me up just wow. off of the strength of our friendship. Nothing. No, at least I want to believe it was something else, but it was nothing else. <laughs> right? And it just hit me that like, wow, like she saw a need and was willing to be there when like, I couldn't count on anyone else to really do that for me. Mm-hmm. So that started to shift. I think how I saw her, how I thought about her, and our friendship just kept growing to the place where we were so close that people started to suspect us even before we suspected oh, each other. Because really? we never thought about each other that because we were just friends. friends and friends to best friends to like uh, in the place that I lived with my old roommate. We had these two couches. We would sit across from each other. Then we'd be on the same couch, but apart. Then it would be like on the same couch, but next to each other. 
It just gradually Swing around the couches <laughs> So it, it was just a lot that At least for me mattered And I think it was that Sunday school class That really hit you Yes. Oh, really? The uh, Sunday school class. We had a Sunday school class for like uh, young adults and it was a young adult ministry. And we were in class one day and somehow we were talking about partners. And, um, you know, the person said, well, kind of just list out those characteristics that you would want in a, in a spouse. And, you know, but don't include the kindergarten answers like trust and honesty. Like we that's a given. Like we all want those we things. But that. think about those things that are unique to you. Like you might need and want something different than the person sitting next to you. And so mm-hmm. I began to think, and at first, you know, I'm like, okay, the honesty, trust, you know, but I'm like, well, what about me? What is unique to me? And the first thing I thought about was communication because that is something that's super important to me. But then I, I just was having trouble. And so then I just thought about George. And so then I was like, <laughs> and I just said, okay, because communication was easy because we were so close. Like we just talked all the time and so I remember praying and like just thinking like, OK, God, like you can get me somebody like like him that has all the characteristics <laughs> like, him. Like, like, like him, like him, like right. just give me somebody like that has all the same characteristics he has. Like, that's good. And so I just kind of started to think about him as I listed each of the characteristics. I would think about our relationship and the characteristics, you know, that were kind of important in that relationship and kind of listed out those characteristics. Wow. So were you, when you were listing those characteristics, were you looking at George as you were listing those characteristics? Not at all. Not I at don't all. even, like, we were. She I had the sh- fantasy. I mean, she had that. <laughs> I did not. It. I really was like, okay, God, this is great. I see how you put this friend in my life. So, yeah, like, you give me somebody like him. And it was still another couple of years when I was like, oh, I guess you did me one better. Like, you gave me him. Like, not somebody like him. So, I so how long it. did you all date then before you got married? So we actually dated probably about three, about three and a half, three years. And a half years. I mean, total, we've known each other probably 21 years uh, wow. since 97. Yes. Uh, and then we dated for about three years, then um, got engaged in 2006 for about a year and a half, got married in 2007. Now we've been married 12 plus years. That is amazing. So both of you all have your master's. You went to Drexler yeah. to get your master's in the same area or the same no. school. No, what see, this is where she, this is where she lost the path. Okay. Right? So <laughs> I got you. Here we go. she went into public health, and I went into mental health, uh, mm. marriage and family therapy. Yeah. Okay, and then you both got your doctorates as well, right? <laughs> yes. So did that happen before marriage or before kids, or when did the doctorates happen? After marriage, um, and uh, sort of in the process of children. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. We were both enrolled in our doctorate programs when we got married, uh, but we didn't complete it until after. And Candace had both of our children at pivotal points in her program. When I defended my uh, proposal for my dissertation, I found I was pregnant with our daughter. And then just before graduation, I found that I was pregnant with my son. (laughs) I guess you have to do something to relieve stress. Yeah. 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 Not the pregnancy part. <laughs> so your doctorate is in what, Candy? In public health. In public health as well. And your doctorate. Clinical psychology. No Clinical good. psychology. Wow. That is amazing, man. So tell us a little bit. I know. I, know, I love question. the journey. No, I I'm, I'm, I'm just intrigued. I mean, at her 
doing all of that, finding pregnancy, having getting pregnant, then graduated, and then um, it's just a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a woman. She's a woman. Power, this is a power couple. And yeah, it is a definitely. This a power is definitely a power couple. couple. You want to know one, it. but we'll accept it. Yes, yes. absolutely. Love it. So tell us about your ministries now. What you do now, because I know. George, we see you now <laughs> on TV. Everywhere. We, see you, we hear you on the radio. We hear everything that you're doing now, which is amazing. And then, Candace, you got a great new venture that we're so excited to communicate to our it's audience great. today. Mm-hmm. So you guys take it away and tell us what you're doing. Yeah. So, you know, from, the, from really early on, I think God has really pushed us to use our talents and gifts uh, to impact families and couples in particular. We were, we were engaged and the couple's ministry was at our church and we were invited to be part of the leadership team. And so this was yearly uh, classes that they would have once a month and then they would end up doing a retreat. And even as an engaged couple, we were invited to be a part of it. And it was just amazing to be a part because actually when we look back, it helped us in our marriage. We were learning from couples that were married like 30, 40 plus years and we didn't realize how much they were downloading to us along the way. Even wow. though we were teaching classes, we learned a lot. So for me, part of my work is to help couples as a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I've been able and fortunate to help people clinically in the office, but then also to take it out. And that might mean to speak or to teach or to write. And one of my passion is uh, using media, right? Mm-hmm. Multiple platforms, whether that be television or radio or podcasts or whatever it might be. Uh, I'm not as advanced as you all. Give wow. uh, it up for the podcast, Power Couples Rock. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, but being able to recognize that people will connect and learn and grow from uh, different ways, uh, not just coming to the office. And it's been a pleasure to really do a lot of work with Candace. And I remember even from the times when we were dating, it would be a prayer of ours of, uh, of you know, God, it would be great to be able to be with someone where we could do things together. And that really started to form early where we would teach together. We would do workshops together. We would write together. We just like did a seminar like last week. Right. And so throughout our relationship and marriage, God has allowed us to impact couples and families uh, through just being able to be there and be educators and be encouragers and supporters. So that's allowed me to do lots of things. And there's been lots of great things, but I've really been excited about the journey that Candace has been on. Um, because when people see her now, when they think back to 10, 12, 15 years ago, ago she's so different, but yet the same. Mm. Thoughtful, passionate, creative, uh, a smart thinker, but yet also dynamic in how she presents things. And she's been coming out of the box in so many ways, mm. more and more. And so I'm just, as you mentioned earlier, I'm just extremely proud. So with that, I'll let you share what you've been up to. (laughs) Drum roll, please. (laughs) Thank you. So um, really as a part of my journey and getting my doctorate degree, um, I was talking with a lot of women, women of color primarily. And um, I just was intrigued to hear their stories. Primarily my research was about how issues of discrimination and inequality influences their health status and their health practices. And over and over and over again, the women just shared uh, about messages they wish they would have heard growing up, messages of self-acceptance and love, and just really messages of encouragement that they felt like they didn't necessarily receive 
um, whether it was from their families, whether it was from their larger circles or and definitely from society. And so after I graduated and finished, I really wanted to do something just to honor them and to honor their stories, honor what they share and honor their intent to say, you know, what they really wish they would have received is as these messages. And so I um, feel like God just downloaded a poem originally um, in me. And I said, oh, OK, this is nice. Like, what do I do? You know, with this, like, this is a great poem and maybe I don't know what to do with it. And then came the idea of a children's book and to what what better way to honor them and to honor their intention um, for, you know, for girls to receive these messages and really for all children to receive these messages of love and self-acceptance um, into developing a children's book. And so it was something super different <laughs> for me, but I really just wanted to, 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 to really pay homage to them and um, to really say, okay, like, let's look at the world that we are presented with. And could we, you know, create something? Could I be a part of creating something that parents or, you know, other adult aunts and uncles and other people um, read to their children in their lives and encourage them and, you know, just have conversations. So mm-hmm. the book really just seeks to encourage them to allow them to hopefully identify their own skills and talents as their own superpowers, mm-hmm. because wouldn't we see there are them differently if we could see our own talents as superpowers and whether we're not like the most uh, overt uh, skills or overt talent. But when that situation arises, we want that person that has that specific skill. And so what if we owned our own gifts as superpowers that God has blessed us with? And um, so that's the intention of the book. And then at the end of the book, I had a guide. Basically, I have a guide so that the adults, um, you know, in, in the lives of, of children can really navigate a conversation, facilitate a conversation with them to ask some questions that maybe they haven't asked before, you know, to to kind of just talk them through. And there's a little poem that the children can create. Um, and so that was just really my way of saying I wanted to honor, you know, those women who participated and took the time to just share so much with me, but also to hopefully make a difference beyond my own research, beyond my own degree, but to kind of just do something that really respected the stories that they shared. Wow. I am sitting here looking at this book now. It says Reflections of Me. And then I saw a little subtitle, Inspiring the superhero within. Tell me um, how, what this has meant for you to be able to read this and share it with your daughter. Yes, this, it's been such a special journey. It's been a long journey. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a very long journey and frustrating journey at times. And at times I'm like, this is not going to happen. This is not like, this was some crazy idea. I should have let this go a long time ago. But um, it's really been a journey. It's really been just so amazing to share this with my own children um, my old, my daughter, um, who's my oldest child, um, you know, she, I, I wanted to engage her. So I said that, you know, originally, if this is going to be if the first primary audience is for, you know, girls and girls of color, I wanted to engage her in the process. Does she understand the message? You know, does she understand the illustrations? And the illustrator was just amazing at engaging her and really taking her feedback seriously. And so, you know, it's a very long process, but from original sketches, he would show her and she took her job seriously. She's like, uh-uh, I don't like that. This person needs to be over here. This is really good. I really like this. This, uh-uh, I don't want that. You know, and so she was just so specific. And it was funny because there was one page where we would get through all of it. She would always come back to that one page. She's like, I'm, I'm just not, you know, filling this page. Like she was like, if you want to give this message, this like the person needs to be pointed in this direction because. You know, children are very direct. They're not abstract thinkers. Correct. And mm-hmm. the, you know, it was difficult to 
for the illustrator to really kind of, you know, the difficult process and trying to illustrate the more complex, you know, thoughts. And so, you know, they were like, she was supposed to be looking, kind of looking beyond herself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my daughter was like, this is, this doesn't give me this thought. Like this is not. And so we literally, there was probably three or four iterations. It kept on coming back to her um, where, you know, finally the illustrator's like, got it, I'm changing this. (laughs) And so she has really um, great thoughts. And she was, she's so proud to say like, she was a part of it. So Mm -hmm. when she's around, she's like, yes, I was a part of it too. And that just really, I think, is so meaningful to be able to say that you can have a dream and you can go after it and you can do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And even my son, you know, like he, he there's a page in here that he really enjoys and the page where he's kind of thinking about all the things that she can be. And he really just owns that message. And one day I said, what's your favorite page? And that's easy. Like without a blink, he went right there. And, you know, to be able to share this journey um, with them has been really special. Um, and you know, something that I know everyone doesn't get to do. And so yes. I'm, I'm very, very grateful for it. Yes. How long did the process take? Oh goodness. I think the entire, well, as I originally, the, the poem was downloaded to me in 2012. And so from the original, original, I kind of started to put the poem together in 2012. Um, and it was <laughs> published in 2019, but I probably got to actively pursuing it as a children's book. The whole process, probably about four years. And then once I found like, you know, kind of settled in on illustrations and all of that, the illustrator and all of that, about three years. Well, it just goes to show you, God can give you a download. Yes. You, mm-hmm. He's in control of the timing yes. of it. Yes. But yes. as you did, you wrote it down. You didn't yes. know exactly when it was to come into fruition. Yes. And when it, I remember last year we talked about this. <laughs> we have these small pods at Eusebia where we get to, yes. uh, you know, peel back and see what people, what's happening in everyone's life. And Candace talked about her book coming to life and she's like i don't know when and we were really praying and because sure we she showed us some samples of what it looked like and it's just it's so good to see how it's all come to life and i i love that it's different layers like there's a story involved but then there's also activities where um the parent or caregiver or whoever's reading mm-hmm. their question to engage conversation yes. you don't just close the book up and say the right. end exactly i love that and i'm actually going to get several copies for my little my nieces that i know and my friends that i know have little girls um, and i know it can it can transfer to other other kids but i wanted to really get this because i think this is a great book for um, kids to have and to be inspired. I'm an adult and I'm smiling. It's had that effect. I mean, we've had conversations with adult women and they start having this amazing conversation and going deep into their childhood, but also bring it right back to present day. And then, you know, as Candace mentioned, like even in our household, our children love the book. I love it. I love reading the book to our kids so much. So like, Every like time that I have an opportunity to read it with our kids, they want me to read it, and then to, they're like, want me to do it in a different accent. Right? It's like, so, all right, today's Jamaican. Jamaican. <laughs> then it's like British. Then it's like robot. Then it's like cowboy. I mean, like I've read it in so many different styles, and they that. love it, and it's become just part of what we do. So well, it, it's just a great addition, and we're all really proud of uh, Candice and all how hard she worked with this. Well, we are so happy that you were able to share this with our listeners on Power Couples Rock, and we're going to actually be 
sharing this with them to go to it. You know, I guess you'll tell them where they can get this. Absolutely. And I want to encourage our listeners to get in. It is really, I'm looking at the cover. I've glanced through, I haven't read it through, but I'm going to do that. Awesome. Um, thank you. I'm, I'm looking forward to it and sharing it with my family and friends. So mm. thank and you And George, so you actually have this. Yeah, congratulations to you. This is so awesome. I know you've got a resource out there, too. <laughs> Can you just tell us about your resource? Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, once again, I mentioned media has been one of those things, um, and I've been able to do some things. So one of the things, uh, I was a part of a book project uh, called, uh, the name of it is The Call. It's for young men. And then last year, I developed uh, a product called First in Ten, how to help couples get to their first 10 years of marriage. And regardless of how old you are, uh, when you get married, that first 10 years can be a, a really difficult challenge. Yes. And so many things can happen from year one all the way to the 10th and beyond. And my just belief in just uh, connecting with people is that if you could really work through those 10 years and everything that comes up from whether it be about communication or about sex or about children or about finances, whatever it might be, if you can figure that out within those 10 years. It can really help you to get way beyond that and so that it was a it's a coaching product where it's an audio thing for couples where they can listen to it and just really zone in and some of it's been things we learned from our own marriage or things we learned from other couples uh, that we that i was able to put into it does the first in 10 have a sports theme to it or how did first in 10 come up uh, it was actually a conversation with some friends of just trying to think of okay 10 years how do we get to your first 10 years and then someone was like well first in 10 and so I did try to infuse some uh, football references, right, of just to get to that first down, right, you have to get those 10 yards, yes, right? Yeah. And so the thought of, like, you, whatever you do on play one or two or three, it, the goal is to get to the 10 yards, mm -hmm. right? And then eventually, if you keep getting those 10 yards, you're going to get a touchdown. Mm -hmm. And the thing about relationships and marriage is that if you just keep working at it, you'll get to a long-lasting, healthy relationship. But like in football, lots of things can happen. You can have an interception. You can have a fumble. You mm -hmm. can have lots of things. You could turn over the ball and end the game. <laughs> you can get right? sacked. <laughs> right. And so how to avoid some of those pitfalls and some of those challenges so that you could get touchdown after touchdown and really have a really a good, healthy relationship. I love awesome. this, Dan. And you're here at Eusebia, and I'm sure that's one area that you can score a touchdown in when you're making those intentional yes investments yes. into your marriage yes. our theme for this year is clean and that's so profound for me but we would love our listeners to hear your thoughts on what it means to be clean or have a clean marriage well you know i, I too i agree it's, it's such a profound thought it's something that i don't think we think about often and you know it was funny we were we were just talking about in our pod when we first kind of got the the theme and the questions were like, oh, doctor, oh, no. <laughs> here he goes again. Here we go again. Uh, can't just come with yes. some surface. Like I got to answer. I got to already have a spiel. You know, yes. you have to make me think about this actually. Um, but it was awesome because we really, you know, began to think about, well, what does a clean space mean and what does it require? And I think one of the great things that really came out of our discussion was that, um, cleanliness takes a lot of work yeah. you know that you can't just you don't clean a room and even if you don't go in it at all it will acquire it will dirt dirty. and dust yes. Like, yes. if you don't do anything like so you you have to always be working to keep it clean like if you're not actively working to get to keep it clean it's automatically going to be contaminated and 
what does that mean for our marriages? Like there is no point in our marriage where we can just coast and be on autopilot Mm -hmm. because as soon as we kind of think we're there, we think we're on autopilot, Mm -hmm. that dust is going to set in. Those contaminants are going to come and a lot of times catch us off guard because we thought that we weren't doing anything to make it dirty. But, you know, that's a natural process. Our stressors and our life kind of natural way is kind of bringing in those contaminants. And so we have to be so vigilant in our marriages to be actively cleaning and kind of figuring out what that means at at different stages of that, of your marriage. And I think for us and for me, certainly it's really about seeking God more and seeking God about, you know, just enhancing my relationship with God so that he can bring me closer to George and to, to help, me really um, be the spouse that I'm supposed to be and help us as a couple produce the fruit that he's designed us to produce. Because yes. without that, you know, we can settle and we can just kind of be on what we think is autopilot doing our own thing, but it's not glorifying him. Mm-hmm. And we're, and we're just um, leaving it on a table. God's like, well, you could have done this, but you decided to settle over here. <laughs> well, like what are some That's of those good. contaminants you were talking about? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we talked about that really kind of impacted me and just thinking about this theme is the thought of uh, really the role of stress in relationships mm-hmm. or even the stress that we can feel like we're busy. We do a lot. And so there's stressors that come all the time and just like dirt, it's, you're not going to get rid of it, right? No. It's just it's meaning like it's just there, yeah. right? And if you don't do anything, it piles up and becomes overwhelming. And we've realized how stress can impact us, right? Where I'm like, I can know like, oh, yeah, she's stressed today, right? <laughs> Between like she has a class and then something's going on with our, one of our children and then something's happened with a family member. And then all I hear is, oh, or, oh, or like, or something else. And I'm like, oh, right, she's dealing with something. And then I could so focus on her that I, I'm not focusing on myself because I'm feeling some of those same stressors. And so the, the thought of like being aware of those contaminants and how they impact us and what we're doing about it and even acknowledging, especially for us, how much are we communicating? How much are we taking time? How much are we inviting God into that space? How much are we taking a rest or a break so that we can recharge? And that to me, that's one of the ways that we can allow our relationship to be clean mm-hmm. is to actively be aware of the stressors but really of how we deal with those stressors. And if we do that, usually then we're in a good place. But when we're off, that's when it, it takes over. And, and not to really go down this path, but what was interesting is like this week, uh, one of the classes I teach is around violence and abuse in the family. And we had a guest presenter that was really talking about sexual assault and, and rape and so forth. And he was talking about one of the date rape drugs, right? And how one of those drugs works is that it is clear and it is odorless. You do not know that it is in your drink. And so it can appear like everything is fine. Mm. And so Mm. when Dr. Arnold was really talking about like, you know, how it can look good on the outside, but it could be messy on the inside. It really just made me think about how there could be some contaminants that are clear and odorless that you don't think is really affecting you until you are knocked out or Mm. until it takes you out until it destroys what you've established. And, and there are lots of things. It could be money. It could be sex. It could be whatever, all these different things. And so it just made me also think about what are those odorless and clear things that are also contaminated? Okay, that's a tweetable moment. That is. <laughs> tweet, tweet on that. <laughs> that is yes. good. That's really good. Ooh, we got to digest that. I know mm. we really do. So thank you all for giving us mm. your version of clean. That is 
a whole different lens Mm -hmm. of looking at clean and what that looks like. Encourage our couples on everything that you guys have been through. You guys are well-educated and well-spoken, and we're just honored to be in your presence. And you've got a tremendous amount of experience, and you've done the work. You've, done, you've made the investment into your marriage, and we can tell. Whenever we see you guys, dude, we know you guys are on the next level. So encourage our couples of what they would need to do in order to have a healthy marriage and not get caught in that odorless, clear contamination that could destroy their marriage. You know, I think um, one of the the greatest blessings that we had was that we were truly friends. And I think some of the things that happen in a marriage is you lose that friendship. You know, you're so busy kind of in the routine of life and routine of marriage. You begin to lose the things that you just kind of used to do, the, the, the relationship that you used to enjoy, the friendship that you used to have. And um, I think doing things that deliberately build that friendship is super important. And when we think about those trouble spaces, you know, I would say one of my biggest encouragements is to really see God in that and to to the best that we can really be active in submitting to God's will. Because, um, you know, at times we're just trying to do so much in our own strength. You know, we're mm-hmm. trying to fix our partner. We're trying to fix ourselves. We're trying to we got it together. We know what we need. You know, it's so much I, I, I. And God's like, I just really need you to submit to me. And if you can submit to me, then I can like shape this and I can reshape this. And I, through your transparency and your vulnerability, it might be messy, but I brought this person here to help you navigate through that mess and not to be afraid of the mess. You know, we give our hearts to our spouse and then we want, we don't want to be vulnerable, you know, all of a sudden. And so, you know, allow them that space, I think is so important because God can use them in that space. Um, But a lot of times we like to put the caution tape, like, don't go, don't step over the line. Like, you know where the line is. Don't go there. But God's like, no, you know, let them in because I can, like, if you submit to me, I can use them in that space and I can release you um, from, you know, whether it's childhood hurts or previous things or just issues, um, you know, really just submitting to God, taking the attention off the spouse that you might think you have an issue with and submitting to God. Like, God, what do you want me to learn from this? Clearly you didn't take it away in the last decade. So what am I supposed to be learning? <laughs> Step B. Okay. Well, yeah. I got that point. Yeah. You're not taking it away. You know, Paul. Okay. I got it. You're yeah. not taking it away. So what am I supposed to be getting from this? Right. You know, and, and submitting to God. And I think when we truly submit to God, we see the partner, we see the issue. And oftentimes God can still remove it and still, but use it, you know, use it to be, um, uh, to really just glorify him at the end of the day yeah. and unite us more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I, what I would add to that is, you know, sometimes I don't know if it's an intersection of just God's favor, uh, if we're just really fortunate, uh, but I'm thankful uh, that, and that we have such a good marriage, right? And I'm blessed to, for that. But I can look at specific things that have helped us to get there. And one of those things is just that we've been able to spend good quality time with each other. I've seen and heard couple after couple after couple just get taken out easily Mm -hmm. just because they don't spend time with Mm -hmm. each other. Right. And how quickly that can happen. And I think that's one of those odorless things, right? It just seems so natural to just, Oh, well, I'm busy. I'm doing something. I, I, we don't have the time or we don't have someone to watch the kids or we don't have the money or whatever it is. 
these things that are so normalized or just natural on some level that can take you out. And even in our hardest times, we've somehow been fortunate to have time to spend it with each other. And we've had people that have been there. And that's what I mean about God's favor, where, you know, my mother-in-law has been living with us for almost nine plus years. Right. And so that that's not the plan we drew up. That's not how we expected it to happen. But because of that, she's also helped us to go on date night. Mm-hmm. She's also helped us to go on overnights. She's also helped us to do. And our community has helped us to do that. And we've been in this busy time of trying to move and do lots of things. And, you know, not that long ago, we were like, oh, you know, we haven't had a date night. We need a date night. And Candace goes, well, we got Eusebia. It's coming <laughs> up, right? Because right? No. we know, like, so because for us, we know that that is our recharge. If we don't have that yes. time together, right, we start to lose each other. And then we start to act out and we start to lose God and we start all that stuff. But knowing that there's a time that we're going to reconnect and not miss each other. So it is simple. It is like ground level stuff, mm. but we mess up the ground level stuff mm. and we stop connecting. So for us, it's just knowing that we have time. I love Candace. I love our friendship. I love the time that we, I learned from her. Like today we're like in this deep philosophical conversation on the way down talking about slavery and de- declaration of independence <laughs> while then slipping in talking about finances and then like what we need to buy for the house. Like we're in and out of these amazing conversations. And I'm like, that's my wife. Yeah. Like I, I love this chick, right? Like this is who I'm with, but it's because we get to spend time together. Yeah, and so yeah. that would be my advice and my encouragement is that don't let the distractions, those odorless things, those things that are so common get in the way of you spending time with the person that you gave your heart to. Yes. Mm. Love it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we could go on and yes. on with you guys, but what I want to do is find out how can they get in touch with you all? How can they find out how to connect with you all? You, can and you let book. out in the book? Where, where can they get it? Give us that. And then that way we can get charged up. And there's a lot of things that you guys have shared <laughs> that has just encouraged me. And I know our listeners have been encouraged. So I'll, I'll give you some of the technical stuff. And then Candace, you can tell where they can get the book. <laughs> so uh, website is georgetalks.com. Uh, on social media, you can connect with me at George Talks uh, for Instagram and Twitter. Uh, for Candice, it is at Candy Rob James. That's Candy R O B James. And for the book, Instagram is at Reflections of Me Book. All right. And then on Facebook is at Reflections of Me Book One. Um, is is my uh, handle. And the book can be purchased at Amazon yes! or Barnes and Noble. Yeah. <laughs> Just Reflections so. of Me. And you can add Candace. But yes. now if you just put reflections of me, most likely it will pop up. Oh, that's oh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, you can't find it. Reflections of me and Candace. Guys, you've got to go and search this couple out. You will not be disappointed. In our conversation today, I've words that were coming to mind with me for me were togetherness, legacy, family focused, determination, intentionality. All of those things were just resonating with me as they were sharing their stories and their wisdom and their insights regarding marriage and family. And I really appreciate what you guys have shared with us today and our audience today. Yes. Thanks for taking time out and spending with us and connecting with our audience. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Thank you. So let's get powered up. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Power Couples Rock podcast. We hope that you've been encouraged, 
inspired, and supported. Please listen and subscribe to our other Power Pods as we are confident that they will strengthen your marriage. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. It's there where we can extend these discussions together, take these conversations and your marriage to the next level. Enjoy your day and power up.